when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Harris, they don't talk. Is that something you just ignore? Yeah. Yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired, and the next week you're going to take another job. And I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And so, yes, to answer your question, our purpose is to win. Make no mistake about it. But it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sun Belt. Uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It was like, like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton, and I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, what isn't going mm. on, Shane? I'm afraid <laughs> to get online. I'm terrified to jump on social media to see what god-awful things happen next. Jeez Louise, Mike. I mean, this is – I ain't never seen anything like this. I mean, absolutely mayhem. I I went to the grocery store today, Mm -hmm. mainly because I just needed some grocery. It wasn't like I was going to go in there and hoard anything, you know. It was just – we, I wanted taco night. I mean, is there anything wrong with that? So I go in there, and I honestly, in the in, in the pit of my stomach, expected not to see anything on the shelves from everything <laughs> I've been reading online. But apparently in Poduck County, Tennessee, <laughs> ain't nobody worried about it. <laughs> I'm looking at all these people in Knoxville, lines all the way around Costco, and I'm like, why don't you just drive instead of standing in line for three hours? Why don't you just drive twenty minutes down the road and go to a store that doesn't have a line? So absolutely. Uh, well, Shane, I got to be honest with you. I'm not a doomsday guy. We are going to make it through this. We're all going to be all right. Uh, mm-hmm. We're respecting the hell out of this thing. We're all scared to an extent. But I woke up early this morning, Shane, and I just said to myself, "Hell, I need to get myself to the grocery store." And just stock up in case I'm not leaving the house for a week or two. I didn't go crazy. I'm not, I, I, I swear to God, I'm not loading up on Lysol or any of this crap. I'm, I yeah. filled my freezer full of meat and got, you know, rice and milk and eggs and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I felt like a damn doomsday preparing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going down there like, do I need another buggy? <laughs> I mean, I'm loading up, I've loaded up on vitamin C, vitamin D for me and my family for about a month and. I I felt foolish doing it, but hell, this is the first time I ever went to the grocery store, spent over 300 bucks and didn't go to Costco. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I got spam, man. You know, because you just (laughs) never know. You never know, man. And that thing's good for a long, long time. So uh, I've got plenty of beer. We got, uh, I I think we got all the essentials. My, I I will say, and I hate to say it, but my wife did load up. She's one of the toilet paper people mm-hmm. and she loaded up. Uh, so if you guys need a roll, just tweet at me. I'll be sure to send you. I won't, I won't upcharge you or anything like that, but <laughs> it's, uh, 
you know, and again, I don't want to make light of it because this is, uh, you know, there is a, there's a lot of people really worried about this. You know, I'm really worried about this. I've got uh, elderly, you know, family members. I'm not in the greatest shape, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but, you know, we're just in a, a wait and see approach and, you know, with sports, it's all. I mean, there's pretty much nothing on except for bowling right now. And I'm not going to lie, I did watch a little bit of it. And I was watching it today, and, and this guy comes up, and he bowls with two hands. And I didn't know that was a thing. You know, I, I mean, that's how I... I used to bowl, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> a little more, a little more between my legs, but uh, you know, when I got a little older, I did that wasn't so cool. So I went to the one hand bowl, but apparently the two hand bowling is back, Mike. And uh, these guys were all over the place. Amazing athletes. Well, I look forward to seeing more of that once I'm not self-quarantined here, Shane. But we just wanted to make sure we got this episode out on Monday. Let you guys know the podcast, we're not going anywhere. Literally, we're not going anywhere. We're still going to be putting out shows because we know right now you probably need it. So, and, and <laughs> Real quick, Mark. My wife comes home with all that toilet paper. One last thing about the grocery store. And she comes home with all this toilet paper and frozen food. Like all our freezers are maxed out, you know, and she's sitting there. She goes, she said something like, oh, you know, one thing I didn't get. Oh, I can't believe it. I didn't get ground beef. And I was like, well, we could just, you know, go to the store tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like there's a blizzard coming, honey. We can literally go to the store tomorrow. We'll be okay. So, okay, that's enough about the stores. But, yeah, I I just hope everybody's okay. I hope everybody stays safe. hope nobody, uh, none of the listeners get, you know, get this coronavirus if they do. You know, self-quarantine is important. You know, 14 days, you know, you could spread to somebody. You may have a strong immune system, but the next person may not. So, but that's my... My, my public service announcement. Do you see? Do you see Coach O's? Oh yeah. We, let's kick it over to Coach O. Shay. This is this will be the only clip on this one. For every winning team, a key to success is learn the playbook. That's true in football, and it's also true as we take on the coronavirus. The spread of the coronavirus is a serious matter, but there's a game plan for keeping residents as safe as possible. Everyone has a role to play as we face this challenge together. Cover your cough with your elbow like this. Wash your hands thoroughly, a full 20 seconds. If you're sick, stay home. If you think you should be tested, phone your health provider first. Avoid close contact with anyone who's sick. Protect your at-risk family members, including the elderly. If you're not at risk, take care as you go about your daily business. Get the facts now from coronavirus.gov and your state health department. We're all in this together. Let's team up to protect our health. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Shane. So, I mean, even Coach O, they've, they've got him down there in Louisiana. If, if you're from Louisiana and you don't listen to Coach O, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. The man just went 15-0 and as uh, Coach of the Year and what, everything with that. So, yeah, listen to Coach O. Don't listen to idiots like us. Listen to the professionals. But that's enough, Shane, of all this talk. I know, I know it's a very serious situation and something that's going to be in our lives for a while here, it sounds like. But, Hell, that's, let's get, let's talk some SEC football. How about that, Shane? Okay, man, let's do it. Now let's go now around the league. My, my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. 
So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up, and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why, why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. Right, we'll play anybody you can get to play us. In Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys, hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. All right, so again, not trying to be a damn doomsday guy here. Not heard anything to, you know, speculate that there's not going to be a football season. God willing, Shane, we're, you think we're freaking out now. Imagine if they cancel the college football season. Oh. I don't know what – I don't think that's going to happen. Let me just put no. that out. I don't think that's going to happen. But I am willing to go out on a limb and say, just based on everything we know, I do not expect there's going to be spring football across the SEC, across the nation, and I'll state it simply like this, Shane. I don't think the schools are going to come back, and if the schools are not in, uh, you know, the universities are running outside of online classes, what have you, I just don't think it's going to be right for them to say, all right, no one's on campus, but let's get these 100 kids back here so they can do football. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't see it happening. So, you know, this is a hypothetical here, but this is kind of the show topic that we're going to run with on this one. Who benefits and who is hurt by no spring football across the nation? And I got to say, Shane, number one on my list, the Georgia Bulldogs, I think, because given the fact they got this new quarterback from Wake Forest and Jamie Newman, they got Mm -hmm. a new offensive coordinator. I mean, this was the time to implement that offense, get everyone used to it. And now that you're not having that, I mean – Maybe they're going to have an extended fall. Maybe they'll have a mini thing in summer. I don't know, but I think it's just going to be fall camp. And if it is just a fall camp, Shane, how how badly does this hurt Georgia? And keep in mind, hell, they got a new offensive line coach, bunch bunch of new offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think it's going to be – and we're talking – if Georgia wins 10 games next year, that's a damn failure. The, right. the expectation is to win the national championship. And I'm just thinking – I know no one else is getting spring, but – with Georgia not getting it, I think it really hurts them. And it, I mean, it could be the difference between it winning a national title. Oh man, that's a, that's a tall glass of water, Mike. Uh, I mean, you could honestly, I think when you have less practice, I think it benefits, uh, I, I guess like the seniority, like when you look at this defense and I, I know you're talking about offense, but I, I'm telling you, this defense is legit. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that all teams are not getting able to practice in the spring, a lot of these teams in the sec will have new coordinators, you know, will have new quarterbacks. We had a large turnover of quarterbacks. I think it benefits Georgia's defense. So I'm not willing to, to say that this is going to hurt them. I think this may help them out of the gate just because they will be able to lean harder on the defense and the running game, something that this team is very familiar doing. Uh, so I don't expect Newman just to come out there and air it out. I, I still I, I feel like this is going to be more of a ground-and-pound style, style offense, but I could see them implementing more into the offense as the season goes along, you know, but – you know, you you circle that Georgia-Alabama game, you know, it does ramp up pretty quick for uh, for the Bulldogs. Right, and I just think if they don't got that offense going by then, I mean, I think it's going to be a lot like Auburn last year, Shane, where they had this dominant defense. 
Mm-hmm. They show up in the big games. But if the quarterback and that offense, particularly that offensive line, not getting it done, they didn't get it done in these key matchups last year. I'm, t- I'm talking to Auburn, of course. I think that I could, I could see something similar with Georgia, and I'm, I hope that's not the case. But that's kind of, that's just kind of my, my first hot takeaway off this one. Okay. No, I, I, I get you. All right, number two, Shane. How about this one? LSU. I think it hurts them as well. If, I'll tell you why. For two reasons here. Miles Brennan. I think he's going to obviously lose all these snaps, kind of get acclimated as the first-team guy. I think this was, you know, we already saw this. They're already pushing him out as kind of the face of the offense. Now that uh, now that's gone, and then you compound it. You want to talk both sides of the ball, unlike Georgia, switching to that four-three defense, switching to the Bo Pelini system. Now they don't have a spring to implement that. I'm starting to think that uh, you know LSU was one of these teams. Obviously, coming off national championship, you know, you, you, I think the coaches would have really loved to get them on, on in camp and just kind of knock off some of that, uh, you know, celebratory mood they're still in. Because mm-hmm. if any of those players on LSU is still celebrating, the rest of the SEC is going to catch them in a damn hurry. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I am. I, this one does hurt them, and I think kind of the same thing what you're saying with the Bo Pelini coming in, them switching to a four three. Uh, you're pl- you're playing behind the curve now. You know what I'm saying. You're gonna have to play pickup real quick, and not to mention, you know, spring is a, it's a time maybe not to find your starters, but sometimes it's to find your added depth. And something that LSU had to deal with last year is, is uh, a lot of plug and play. You know, something that they're gonna have to experiment early in the season with next year. They're not gonna have the the joys of seeing it out there in spring ball. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane. So how about this? So this was the one I think. Outside of those two that I mentioned, the next that really kind of comes to my mind who's really going to be negatively affected by all this, and I hate to say it because I hate to see these teams down, mm. but it's going to be the first-year coaches. I think it, this yeah. is going to kill them. And it's sad to say because most of those guys obviously brought in to fix a situation, but you know Mike Leach, he ain't going to be implementing his offense right now. Arkansas, so much, you know, so much energy, enthusiasm there, and I'm not saying it all goes away, but... I mean, this just would have been huge for them. Uh, same thing with Ole Miss. And, you know, they're kind of missing on the recruiting trail, but if they can get it exciting, get that, get those juices flowing, get that fan base up at, and just ready for the damn season, uh, I think that, you know, Ole Miss, it could have been something. We already started to see a little bit of that with Missouri. We talked about Drinkwitz and fall camp firing those kids up. Seemed like, you know, he was really a great coach for the mm-hmm. pra- practice atmosphere and just kind of being a 180 from Barry Odom's approach. And now I hate to say it, Shane, but I think this almost resets, you know, the the rebuild, if you want to say it, all those schools because they didn't yeah. have the spring to implement their system. <laughs> I know. And some of these guys came in really late, didn't get to do a full recruitment either. So right. um, I, I'm, I'm with you on this one. Uh, out of all of them, um, and I've got my opinion, which one do you think it hurts the most out of those four? If I'm being honest, Shane, I think – it's probably going to be Arkansas. And I'll tell you why, because Sam Pittman, I don't want to say he doesn't know what he's doing. That's that's not a fair assessment, but never mm-hmm. been a head coach. Never worked with Kendall Bryles. I don't believe he's worked with Barry Odom. I mean, there's so many moving pieces where, I mean, these, these are all outstanding coaches. I've been singing their praises for months, so don't take it as I'm saying these guys can't coach. But there's still a, 
you know, you've got to learn how to work with these guys, and you can only do so much of that, I think, in the offseason. You can only do so much of that in camp, but camp mm-hmm. is the best simulation of work doing it on the fall. Um, so obviously the ultimate test is going to come in the fall when they're when they're all working together. But I don't know. I just think with all the moving pieces there at Arkansas, they're going from you know one offensive system to a completely another. Same with defense and just new coaches all across the you know, the the, uh, the roster there. I think it's going to set Arkansas back the most. I got you. I, I think the one that hurts the least in my eyes is going to be Ole Miss. It's just uh, Lane Kiffin's not a stranger to coming into messed up situations, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think his coaching's really going to shine down there. Not to mention two of his his marquee athletes weren't even going to be playing this spring. So I think if I were to pick a team that it would hurt elite, the least amount out of those four, I'm going to lean more toward Ole Miss. Yeah, I think that's the right pick on that one. And I would also say that Mississippi State under Mike Leach, he's been doing it for so long. I know his players, there may be a learning curve for them to get the system, but I don't care if you give Mike Leach six months or six days. I think (laughs) there's very few that uh, will get more done with the time he's given than Mike Leach. So I think Mississippi State... It may not hurt them as much, particularly because KJ Costello is not even going to. He wasn't scheduled to be there this summer anyway, so they're not missing camp with him at all. Do you think you really could quarantine the pirate? You know, <laughs> I mean, you know I don't think you could cage that bird, buddy. <laughs> no, there's no way in hell. As soon as you you close the port, man, that's when the fucking pirate sets sail. You know what? That's right, man. Or <laughs> how about some players that this could negatively affect? Shane, these are the ones that come to my mind. Some freshman quarterbacks immediately. Bryce Young at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Shane, cover your ears. Harrison Bailey at Tennessee. <laughs> Luke Dottie of South Carolina. I'm sure there's others, but you know, guys that have enrolled early, freshman quarterbacks, eager for their opportunity at the college level. I just don't think that this is going to be a situation where now. I mean, hell, maybe it did. Maybe they could, but it just makes it so much harder now that they they don't have the entire spring to to get the system down before fall camp. And I think it really sets each of these uh, freshman quarterbacks back. Right. And and again, I don't think I, I really don't think Tennessee and Alabama are going to have a quarterback controversy start, uh, start, starting out of the gate. But one name that you didn't have on that list is uh, Joey Gatewood. And I think with Terry Wilson down, this was his opportunity to kind of show that he belongs and that he can push Terry uh, uh, for that starting spot. Because a lot of people, I mean, the commercial's out. You know, we just had the interview on the other day. You know, they're, they're sold on Terry. But Joey had nothing but to gain out of a spring spring practice, spring game situation. And and unfortunately, you know, we're still waiting for waivers, but I, I think they're going to be a little bit more lenient on those because of everything that's going on with this quarantine stuff. Ooh, look at you, Shane, dropping some mm-hmm. knowledge here. I think that was an excellent pick. And while you were uh, speaking there, it made me think of also another one, Garrett Schrader down at Mississippi State. You know, I just mentioned it, K.J. Costello not scheduled to be at, in Starkville till the summer. This would have been a time where Garrett Schrader could have shown Mike Leach, you know, what he's got to offer, why Mm -hmm. he should be the starting quarterback. He could have got a real jump on that job. Mike Leach was very public. He said there was not going to be a starter named during spring. I think he kind of had to say that because I – 
mm-hmm. you know, you bring, you can't bring in Costello and then say, well, hell, we may even name a starter before he gets here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you can't do that. But at the same time, just a little bit of a missed opportunity for Garrett Schrader to impress Coach Leach, I think. Yeah, for sure. All right, Shane. So based on all that, based on just kind of my line of thinking of what or how this, uh, you know, losing spring is going to affect the SEC, I'm ready to make two bold predictions here, Shane. No. Florida is going to win the SEC East in 2020. Ugh. I like what you had to – you kind of referenced it there, Shane, without – you know, when you're bringing back kind of like Georgia's defense, mm-hmm. every, the same staff comes back for Georgia – or excuse me, for Florida, both on offense and defense. Obviously, Dan Mullen and Todd Grantham not going anywhere. You know, I'm not saying they didn't need spring. Everybody needs spring, but when it's – when you're not implementing a new system, when your your players are you already know what they're doing, I just think, I really think Florida and Georgia. I've been struggling with this one all off season. Who am I gonna pick? I was leaning Georgia. Then they added Jamie Newman. That kind of made me lean towards the Bulldogs. But now I'm kind of back towards the Gators. I just think both those teams are very even. I think Georgia still got a better roster, but I think Dan Mullen's a better coach overall than Kirby Smart. And without with the elimination of this spring, I think I'm ready to pick the Gators to win the SEC East. <laughs> Let me jot this one down, Mike, for bold takes that we can use at the end of the year, <laughs> or at least at the Florida Georgia game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I, that, man, I don't know. I, I mean, when when I think about it. How can you go against Georgia? I know that they looked bad in the SEC championship. That was embarrassing, you know. Mm-hmm. That they they looked they they just didn't look like they belong. And I think they build off that, man. I th- like I said, this defense is it's probably going to be. You know how we joke about LSU being the greatest offense we've seen in a, in a long time, right? I'm telling you, man, this defense, you may be at the end of the season, you know, saying it's one of the best defenses you've ever seen because they have the ability to just own a game, just like Georgia has owned Florida for the last three years. I mean, it's not even close. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, I guess you could say last year was a little bit closer, but, you know, this is, I'm one of those guys that I got to see it to believe it. So I'm not, I'm not saying that Florida can't win the East. In fact, I have Georgia number one in the East, Florida number two. But I do think the gap, like you're saying, is a little bit closer than it has been in years past. But I just, I don't know. I have to, like I said, I have to see it to believe it. And I'm not willing at this moment, and where are we, March 15th, to say that this is the year that Florida beats Georgia. What if I were to tell you it may not even come down to that because Georgia has to obviously play at Alabama. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. They play Auburn. I mean, those are those those are two tough teams you don't want to get out of the West. And Florida gets LSU, which is also tough, but that's going to be at home this year. Just a just a national champs, Mike. You know. And then they get Ole Miss too, is the other yeah. one. So I mean, they've got an advantage when you look at it that way too. So just something to think about, Shane. And you know, like you said, <laughs> that's that. <laughs> this is a quote that could come back on me, but that's where I'm going. And then I mean, I've got an even bolder one. I shared this with you. Cousin Jonathan, and you both laughed at me, but here it is, Shane. I'm ready to make this bold prediction. Mac Jones will not finish the season as Alabama's starting quarterback 
And now everybody I know, all Crimson Tide <laughs> fans, they're like, hell yeah, that's what we wanted to hear because in comes Bryce Young, right? Nope. <laughs> the starting quarterback for Alabama by the end of the year. Baby to a Shane Talia tongue of Aloha. That's my bold pick, and I'll tell you why, Shane, because like I said, this really hurts Bryce Young, in my opinion, that he's not getting the reps in, not getting implemented in Steve Sarkeesian's system. Baby Tua, he's gonna he's the next Tua. I'm not saying he's mm-hmm. as good as Tua, but he can do a lot of the same things. He's a very good prospect. We that's what we do in college football. Well, we just signed a five star to hell with the mm-hmm. four star we signed the year before. You know, like that's not the way this game works. You, you think Mac Jones was, was very good the day he walked on at Alabama? No, but he's been there X amount of years. I, I believe he's a redshirt junior now, so now he's a lot better player. So it's the same with, with uh, you know, baby Tua here. He's got to have a mm-hmm. year in the system. He got on the field. It was very tight between him and Mac Jones. And I know people are enamored by – I keep hearing this. Have you seen Mac Jones' stats? What do you got against Mac Jones? <laughs> well, he's playing a, one of the worst SEC teams of all time in Arkansas. I'll go back and watch it. He played Western Kentucky. He played Michigan in the bowl game. My God, we don't need to spend a second on how shitty Michigan is compared to <laughs> SEC. And then in the Iron Bowl, he th- throws two crucial pick sixes that cost him the game. So I'm not. I'm just not buying into the Mac Jones hype. I think that, that had a lot more to do with the NFL talent all around him. I think once they get uh, – Talia in there. I think he's gonna he's gonna be the one that leads Alabama, and I think it's gonna come after they. I've already said it on this show. Alabama is gonna lose to Georgia. That mighty defense, mm-hmm. Shane. Mac Jones is gonna cost them that Georgia game, and then uh, Talia takes over. Who doggy? Uh, I could see it. I could see it, man. Uh, I think Coach has a little soft spot for Baby Tua, you know, and probably the family. I mean, it, it, I'm not saying that he wrecked Tua's career. You know, I'm not saying that at all because I think he's still going to get drafted high and he's still going to make a ton of money. But I don't know. Maybe he has a, a second shot with this one, you know. And and if anything, I, I think he's going to be better prepared coming into this season. I think, uh, like you said, baby Tua would be a little bit more athletic mm-hmm. than uh, the quarterbacks we've seen in Alabama in the past. So, um and I got, I got one other reason I really oh, like this move, okay. Shane. And this has been mentioned, and I'm still holding to this as well. Do you remember why Tua signed to play quarterback at Alabama? Because his dad made him. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. But the reason he made him was a man named Lane Kiffin, Shane. They put a lot of faith in Lane Kiffin mm-hmm. and his ability to develop a quarterback. They know what he can do. And when Lane Kiffin almost went to LSU, he, too, almost went to LSU, too. So, uh-huh. I mean, that's how tight they got it here. And I, without a shadow of, the, of a doubt, Shane, Lane Kiffin has talked to that family. You're not allowed to recruit players that are on another team, but it ain't recruiting, Shane, if you talk to the daddy and say, <laughs> hey, if it's not working there, come to Oxford. You can be our quarterback. That's got to be out there. Nick Saban knows it. And if he does not give that kid an opportunity, I think they're going to lose him to Ole Miss. Mm. That's huge, Mike. That's huge. And then you got to then you got to face him the next three, four, two, three years. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of Lane Kiffin, I'm going to go ahead and move to my bold takes, Mike. Oh, a little state called Mississippi. A lot of S's, a lot of P's. But what's going to end up happening at the end of this season? Both. Mississippi teams will make a bowl game. 
Ooh, I like that one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I just think Pirates offense is going to get humming. I think, you know, one thing about Lane, uh, I I think the schedule's, you know, it's a little tough, but I I think that Ross and I I think they're going to be able to steal uh, a victory or two and get themselves in a bowl game. Um, I think we're going to have another fantastic Egg Bowl. I just... I don't know. It just feels like everything is coming together. They went out. They got good coaching. And I honestly think that both of these teams could have made a bowl game last year if there was better coaching. So I, I, I think they take a step forward. Uh, I like their offenses. I, I think Ole Miss, if they if they can keep building on their defense from last year, I think they're going to be in good shape as well. So both Mississippi teams Make a bowl game. My other bold prediction is the West is really not a two-headed monster anymore. It's a three-headed monster. I think this is the year mm. that Jimbo Fisher makes a little noise in the West. Uh, we've 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 talked about it in the past. Um, I, I'm a believer, man. I, I think this is the year that the Aggies take that step forward and actually make some noise, and they beat either LSU and or Alabama, and this thing comes down to the very end. Mm, and if I'm not mistaken, Shane, Texas A&M finishes the season with Alabama and LSU in back-to-back weekends. So, man, what a wild chase that would be if the you know the SEC West is completely wide open with mm-hmm. two weeks remaining. I mean, that would be outstanding. That's the that's the type of stuff we want to see on here. I'm, I'm getting tired of the damn the whole month of November's open, and then yeah. we've already got the the divisions locked up. <laughs> I like it coming down to the wire, and I just I think we do. It's just just think about the coaching, man. All across the board, fourteen teams, maybe maybe twelve teams. You know, they've mm-hmm. got the, just the coaching staff in general. I mean, they went out, they got the money to have a an ace not only recruiter, but a, but a game changer there on offense or defense. I mean, just, just great coaches uh, are in the SEC. And I think that starts to show, man, on game days. I, I think that this, this thing's going to start becoming a, a game of chess, which I like. I like close games. I don't like blowouts, Mike. You know, I like when it comes down to the end and, you know, you get yourselves a barn burner. So I think we're going to start seeing a little bit of – a little bit more of that in the West. I, I think that there's, you know, the separation is not going to be near as far. Uh, mm-hmm. And the East, little, still a little top heavy with Florida and Georgia. But, uh, you know, that next run, you know, they're mm-hmm. right there with it too, you know. Yeah, and uh, one final thing I just thought of this as well. You were talking about Ole Miss and Mississippi State both going back to the Bulls. I think that's another reason I like that pick, Shane. They both have – relatively easy non-conference schedules mississippi state i believe they travel to nc state week two that's one they're probably going to have to win if they're going to make you know a bowl game potentially but otherwise they got three easy wins on there and then old miss they do have one tough one i believe it's the opener baylor in houston Mm -hmm. but baylor's got a new head coach dave aranda we all know that name but you tell me dave aranda First, Lane Kiffin, head coaching-wise, I give that edge to Ole Miss all day long and twice on Sunday. So, yeah, if Ole Miss can sweep the non-conference, I think they've got an outstanding chance to make it back to a bowl game. Great, man. I love it. All right, Shane, so that's all that I've got on this one. I hope, you know, people appreciated us jumping on here. Like I said, we just want to 
try to get you back to normalcy <laughs> here as much as we can. And right before we hopped on, I, I threw out another idea to Shane for the next show. And he's like, my gosh, you want to do that now? So if you know he, the big guy's fired up for it, you're going to like it too. We've got, man, we're going to just be coming up with random ideas this whole time. And, absolutely. Uh, we ain't going nowhere, Shane. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, also mailbag, man. I mean, this is a this is a beautiful time to, to hear from the listeners. So if you got any questions for Mike or myself, you know, you can send those to that SEC podcast on Twitter, Reddit, uh, Instagram. I'm not really good at that stuff, but maybe you can. Uh, can you send messages on that? Or is it just- Absolutely, we can. And we got an email, thatseccpodcast.gmail.com. Hit us up on all those. And you just reminded me, Shane, we even got a mailbag question in there. So we've got some content to to go off here and we're going to need it in the coming days so keep keep those coming keep them firing our way and uh, we'll keep bringing it and hopefully you guys appreciate uh, what we're trying to do here for sure man all right shane so thanks for joining me as always thank you everyone for tuning in we'll catch you on the next one we'll go buy some toilet paper see you mike go vols <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>